Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Mastery Podcast. Welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford. So it's December. Happy December to everybody. It's the end of the year. There's some really exciting stuff probably going on in your life if if you haven't taken advantage of getting into the Self Mastery membership. This would be a good time to do it. If you think there's somebody that you would like to give that to, this is a great time to do that. You know, feel free to reach out to me or to Darcy and we will we'll help you make that happen. Um, this week I want to talk about motivation versus why and habits and who, right? Uh, this week, you know, the reason that this came up is this week I was uh, coaching and one of my clients said to me, how do I keep my motivation so that I don't keep going back to pornography and how do I choose an important enough why that will keep me motivated? This is, this is a good question. I think this is actually a question that I think a lot of people struggle with. So I, I wanted to take some time and talk about the difference between the ways that we approach problems and how we might be approaching our struggles with pornography in a way that isn't very helpful ultimately in, in the process of being successful at leaving behind this habit. So I'm going to touch on four different concepts and how they might help and how they might be keeping you from succeeding if you use, utilize them too heavily without the other key elements or if you're use, utilizing them in a way that isn't, isn't, uh, isn't as effective, right? So let's start with motivation. Um, motivation is, I think, one of the most interesting ideas that we have. Motivation, and I like to make, uh, you know, I think of motivation and willpower as basically synonymous. Uh, and, and I think this is a pretty common way, you know, motiv- we, we seek motivation, and I think that's a pretty common way of thinking about most problems in our lives. You know, first we encounter a problem, and then we find some motivation that helps us overcome that problem until it's finally gone. And that's not, uh, that's not a terrible way to do things, honestly. But when it comes to um, internal problems, I think you'll see it differently once we, we're done talking. So when it comes to short-term and long-term external problems, motivation is often a really good course of action, right? Take... Uh, school or work, for example, right? External problems can be broken down into a variety of short-term solvable puzzles that once they're overcome, they they kind of fade into the distance. They have basically like a, what I would call just like an end point, right? And once we reach that end point, that can go go behind you, right? So like if you have a, a project at work or an assignment at school that you have to complete, once it's completed, it goes goes into the background and we don't ever have to think about it again. And this is, this is why motivation and, and willpower can work in those situations. We don't have to sustain a long-term, near-permanent grasp on the problem. We simply need to go through the maze of a particular struggle until we get to the exit, and then we can move on to the next problem. 
Well, this is like setting a goal, right? When, when that goal is accomplished, we no longer focus on the goal. Uh, I once did a weight loss challenge at work with my coworkers, and I kept telling myself that these were permanent changes. I would say this to people. Um, people were like, what are you doing? And I said, you know, I think I've really changed my lifestyle. Um, really, I was just competing for money, right? I, I was like, I'm going to win. I didn't lose a lot of weight. I, I've never been very large, per, really. I think I ended up losing maybe like 15 pounds, but as a, you know, as a percentage, I, I was the highest, so that's why I won. But this this motivation was the money. And immediately after winning that challenge, I totally stopped eating healthy and I went back to the exact same person I was before because I was no longer focused in on a goal and my willpower had basically run out because I was like, ribs, come on. And my motivation, which was the money, had long been spent. So I was like, okay, forget it. I'm not going to eat like this anymore. I, I'm, I'm more interested in short-term happiness, short-term um, flavors, right? So it, it is much easier to have motivation on a short-term project or an external project, even if that's a long-term project, uh, or some sort of issue or goal, we can use these tools, these finite tools of willpower and motivation to see it through to an end point, right? Uh, when pornography doesn't, you know, a pornography struggle doesn't really have an end point per se. And that's not to say that you'll always struggle with it, but it is to say that you're always going to be a human and you're always going to be interested in sex and the, you know, the joy and good feelings that come from sexual feelings, right? So, uh, there's not really an end point per se. So looking at this from a perspective of willpower or goals or uh, that sort of mind frame isn't a very successful um, process. And, and, you know, you're sitting there, you're going, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and, and that's why I'm talking about this, right? So where we get lost is in thinking that willpower and motivation are enough to overcome an internally motivated feedback loop which is what our, our pornography struggle usually is. It's an internally motivated feedback loop. Uh, in their book, Change Anything, the authors describe willpower as a trap. In, in the studies that they did of children who were offered tempting items to purchase after they'd just been given cash for going through a series of steps, um, they kind of presented that those series of steps as the experiment, and then they gave them the cash. In reality, what they were doing, the experiment was, what would the kids do with their money? And they demonstrated that willpower is not the main determining factor in whether the kids would buy. Motivation and willpower are actually fairly easily manipulated for short term, but they're not exactly long term uh, winning strategies in terms of like, who do I want to be? So where the kids who succeeded in keeping their earnings really shined was when they had been given some skills some skills that they could draw on when the temptations actually arose. And skill, not willpower or motivation, determined whether they bought the overpriced trinkets for the thrill of the purchase or they simply said, I'll save my money for later. And many of you have, have said, you know, maybe after a particularly difficult patch in your pornography struggle that, you know, this is the last time. I'll never go back to that. And then you found yourself motivated and full of willpower. And maybe a year or less later without having really changed your skill level, your willpower runs out and the brightness of your motivation has faded until you give in again. So, you know, just being aware that willpower and uh, um, motivation aren't exactly going to help you solve this problem 
helps us kind of put that on the shelf and go, okay, I don't necessarily need that. So I'm going to set that aside for a minute. I'm going to look at some other options, right? So let's take a look at why. So Simon Sinek, if you don't know who he is, great order. He has a lot of great research into um, into the, the habits of businesses, right? And he talks about why a lot when it comes to corporations. And I do think that there are lots of applications about this in your personal life as well. But in his probably most famous example, he in a TED Talk, Simon talks about the reasons that we all buy Apple products when there are actually more affordable and often more functional products out there. I can't tell you for like my first smartphone ever was, um, I think it was a Motorola of some sort. It was, it was a non-Apple product. And it had this thing where you could like swipe to text. So you just drag your finger along the QWERTY keyboard and it would come up with the word it's all mathematical probabilities, but it was a fairly simple thing that made it easier to text. And Apple didn't come out with that until years later. And when I switched to Apple, I was like, where did this feature go? It's not that hard to do. Obviously, there's got to be a way to do it. So what, what, I, what my point is, is Apple isn't the best at what they do when it comes to the technology. It's that they focus on their why and that why tells them how to make things that are amazing, which, which helps us all buy into why we want those things. So let's talk about how um, the why is often used and how we can actually use it more effectively to succeed. So usually when I hear my clients talk about the reasons that they want to eliminate pornography, I hear them tell me that there is some sort of external why. I don't want to upset my wife. It's not okay as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to do this. I can't go on a mission until I get this under control. Each of these reasons uh, are really trying to make our internal problem an external one by putting the locus of our why outside of us and on a person or entity that isn't us. So I often talk about this as an abdication of agency. When when, When the reason why I'm not supposed to do something has to do with someone else, then we're abdicating our agency. And we are also, in a lot of ways, living a nice guy approach, which almost invariably ends in resentment, failure, and frustration. Right? I do this because it makes me a nice guy in the eyes of other people. I do this because I'm supposed to. I do this because my wife tells me to, or my church tells me to, or that sort of thing. That's where we live in frustration because we're not doing it for us. One of the things that Simon talks about in his famous TEDx talk that that you really only see if you're paying attention is that all of the whys of the great and famous entrepreneurs are focused in on themselves, making something that they like. Meaning, when we focus on who we want to be, creating what we want and making that thing for us, our why can be a helpful system in structuring a meaning frame that provides a long-term creation of who we want to be. The why creates the who. And the why in, in this scenario, in the way that we build our person, you know, the person that we want to be, has to lead to who we want to be, not who we want to please, right? So let me say that again. Our why has to lead to who we want to be, not to who we want to please, okay? So we have to drop that external... I want to please my wife, I want to please these other people, and we have to make it about, okay, who do I actually want to be? What is my why when it comes to who do I want to be, okay? So let's talk about the who, because that's another component here. So because who we are 
and how we see who we are is integral to executing behavior, we have to understand the who. And when we understand the who, that allows us to succeed at higher and higher levels. Let me give you an example from my own life. When I, when I left a fairly lucrative job working for a large company, my in-laws thought I was insane. You know, the work I was doing wasn't going to end anytime soon. There's always, you know, there's always work in the work that I was doing. I had a six-figure salary and a five-figure bonus and a company car. And, but I also had a tight schedule. I had bosses that I was beholden to, and I had very little freedom in my day-to-day. I had to basically do what it was that they told me to do, right? And in the beginning of that job, I saw myself as a lifer. I thought, you know, I'll be, I'll be at this company forever. Then one day, a switch flipped for me, and I no longer saw myself as a corporate man. I saw myself as an entrepreneur. One of the things that uh, (laughs) occurred to me is that people don't get wealthy by working for somebody else. They really, you get wealthy by owning something. And I wanted to own what I was doing. I wanted to be my own boss and I was willing to risk greater insecurity in the short term for the greater rewards in the long run. My who had changed. As a result, I found a way to buy a business and become my own boss. So who I saw myself as was my own boss. I didn't see myself as an employee anymore. And my behavior reflected my sense of who I was, not the other way around. Like I didn't go out and buy a business and then see myself as my own boss. I switched to seeing myself as my own boss, and then I went out and bought a business. When it came to pornography, who I was became just as important. Uh, When I stopped seeing myself as an addict, I started to figure out that I don't have to act like someone who can't control my own behavior. As I left that space, I had to find a new version and belief of who I was, right? So I had to be like, okay, who am I now? If I'm not an addict, who am I? And a lot of you listening to this, maybe this is the first time you've heard anybody talk about this in in that way. Maybe you've listened to all my podcasts and you know exactly what I'm saying, but uh, who I am is greatly reflected in these statements that we make. Like, hi, my name is Zach and I'm an addict, which, you you know, if you've been to a 12-step meeting, that's exactly what you say every time you walk in there, which is a terrible thing to think. Not because it may not be true or it may be true, but because it's not helpful in terms of creating the person that you want to be. So, you know, for a time after I, you know, left that idea of who I was as an addict, I was someone who occasionally looks at porn, right? That was my next phase of who I was. And eventually who I was entered a phase where I am someone who doesn't look at pornography. That's not who I am. That's not how I want to live my life. From my belief in who I am, my behavior followed, right? So, you know, as I, as I was someone who occasionally looks at pornography, I had to eventually flip a, a switch that said, no, I'm someone who doesn't look at pornography ever. And I, and I had to believe that, like, deep inside, not just, like, on the surface, I can say this any time, and, and, it, and it just magically becomes true. I had to believe it. And, you know, after that moment, yeah, there, there were moments where I viewed pornography after that, but eventually my, my who aligned with my behavior in, in the long-run sense, right? And from my belief in who I am, my behavior followed as if I were, to, you know, as if I were to act in a way that was contrary to my understanding of who I am, that would be very disorganizing to my sense of self. So when we become who, acting contrary to that who becomes disorganizing, and it doesn't allow us to stay in that place for very long. So we have to, you know, we, we recorrect into the direction of like, no, this is actually who I am. 
Uh, this is the same principle why, why vegetarians don't eat meat. This is why Cubs fans don't buy White Sox hats. This is why Latter-day Saints sacrifice so much to go on missions. Because who we are dictates our behavior. Who I am trumps short-term happiness when, when I fully integrate in my life who I am and then use it to show myself a way forward. Who also dictates our habits, and it can help us create worthy, valuable habits where unhelpful and damaging ones have previously existed. So when we talk about hab- habits, I, you know, I start with a simple equation. Cue, response, reward. Every habit that you have in your life basically follows this pattern. So if you think about brushing your teeth, if you have a habit of brushing your teeth, the cue is either, you know, you get up in the morning and your feet, you know, and that's maybe the first thing you do, or maybe you just, when your teeth feel grimy, that cue says, okay, now it's time for a response process. So we go through the response process of going and getting the toothbrush, putting the toothpaste on, uh, brushing our teeth, spitting, rinsing, putting away all of the things that we just used, and now we have a reward, and that reward is that our teeth feel great. In this equation, we only have one lever of control, how we respond, right? Cues will always be part of our lives. That, you know, as a result, we have to retrain our response process to give us rewards that align with our long-term sense of who we are. So first, what I mean when I say cue is an external circumstance and internal feelings that occur to everyone. So you might have referred to these in the past as triggers. I find that to be a pretty loaded word that relinquishes too much power over who we are. You know, when I have a cue, I, you know, I choose how to respond to it. Just like, you know, if you're in a play in theater, right, you get a cue and all of a sudden you, you respond to that, right? Uh, when there's a trigger, I go off like a gun regardless of what I want to do. So this process of creating habits based on skills that we learn creates automatic values-based responses to cues that align with our internal why and our sense of who we are. Setting up a habit is not just about trying one thing at a time. It's about training. So I grew grew up as a military brat. We traveled from place to place. (laughs) I lived in a lot of different places. And we, we were deeply ingrained with a sense of pride in our armed forces. And if you think about what it means to be a soldier in the U.S. Armed Forces, uh, a soldier, a sailor, an airman, uh, or a Marine, you probably think about training, lots of training, which is just a word for practicing the skills that we need to automatically react to the environment we're in. So just like in the military, we can practice our overcoming pornography skills in what I call off-game scenarios, right? So food is a great place to do this. But there are also other commonly occurring circumstances that we can do this in. Food's really great because when you, um, everybody eats, otherwise you're dead, right? So you can think about the skill sets, and I teach a lot of these skill sets in the membership. You can think about those skill sets and practice them when we're not talking about pornography, but you can do it on, on food instead. And if we want to succeed, we have to be able to automatically react rather than fight, search for motivation and drain our willpower, which is what a lot of us have, have basically been taught to do, right? When it comes, uh, when it comes to pornography, we're, we're basically taught, oh, change what's on the stage, which is like fighting with what's on the stage, uh, searching for motivation. Oh, think of your wife, right? Think about your wife and you know how sad she would be, right? So we're searching for motivation. Um, and none of that has probably been very successful for you. So, you know, just kind of drop that idea and 
do what soldiers do, right? If you, you know, if you drop soldiers into a battle without training them, they won't succeed. But dropping yourself into life without training for urges and cues and circumstances, hoping that you'll have the willpower enough to walk away from your computer or motivation enough to maybe create intimacy, like, with your partner. And I, when I say intimacy, I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about knowing who each other are, right? You know, if you try that version of life, that's not likely to be a very successful recipe for disaster. Instead, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to learn your why, create your who, and train like your life depends on it. Train like a soldier and, you know, learn the habits that you need so that you can Every time that cue comes up, whether it's loneliness or sadness or frustration or I'm just alone uh, in a hotel room, you can train for that moment. In fact, I had a client who I sent him on a training mission. It was a really interesting training mission. So um, this client I had, he basically travels a little bit for work. He's not married. And he was struggling with getting prepared to get married. He's in, he's in the process of getting married. He's like, I don't, I don't want it so that every time that I go out on a business trip that I'm in the struggle. And so what we did is we set up a training mission. And I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick a hotel, go to that hotel, and um, just be alone for 24 hours. When you leave that hotel, and we're just practicing being alone with these uh, skills that I've taught you and nothing else. So nobody's there. Nobody's going to rescue you. There's not even a meeting that you have to, you know, leave your hotel room for. It's really just you and your own thoughts and your own reality, right? And so he set this time in downstate Illinois. So he lives in downstate Illinois. He went uh, towards the temple, which is up in um, up in northern Illinois, just north of Chicago. And he was like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop at the temple. I'm going to go up to the temple, and then I'm going to come home. So I'm going to stop in this place. I'm going to stay overnight. And then the next morning, I'm going to go over to the temple. Go, um, home after I go to the temple. Well, he is driving up to this hotel, uh, and he notices that the next building over is basically a strip club. And he drives around one time, and he's like, okay, what, what am I going to do with this? He drives around again. And in this process, he's like going through the scenarios in his head. He's practicing because here's the reality of life. You know, you go on a business trip. You don't know what's going to be next to your hotel. And he decides, okay, I'm just going to go in. I'm going to go in this hotel. And his brain starts offering him these ideas. Oh, well, you can just pay attention to who's coming out of the bar. Um, you can just pay attention to, you know, what's what's outside your window. You don't have to go in, right? And he's like, no, that's not who I want to be. And he goes through this entire scenario. He processes through this entire scenario in an and this was really, this was kind of practicing on game because he didn't know this, this club was there. And you know, I certainly didn't know the club was there when I, when I set him up to this, right? I didn't set up the hotel. I didn't say, you know, where to stay. And he goes through that entire um, practice session and he comes back and he's like, it really showed me how capable I was because not only did I begin to, you know, use the skills that I had, but I, I began to relax. And I began to say, I don't have to make any decisions that don't align with who I am and why I want to leave this, this process behind. I can simply, here in this moment, create habits that I will use the next time. 
and practice those habits. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to practice them more than once, obviously, but practice those habits time and again until you are, they're automatic, just like a soldier would, right? And that is the only imagery I want you to think of when, when it comes to battle imagery. I don't want you to think, oh, i got to battle my uh, pornography. No, I want you to think about habits and how soldiers create habits so that they can do their job better. So if you are going to bring, you know, battle imagery into this, just don't do it. <laughs> and and I, I'm a little bit averse to battle imagery because I think we get so caught up in this, like, it's a fight to the death sort of thing, and we feel ashamed when we are losing the individual battles. So if you don't want to lose the individual battles and you want a little bit of help with this, uh, do group coaching. We only do group coaching once a year. Uh, it starts in January. If you want to do group coaching, you can email me directly, Zach at ZachSpafford.com. I'll send you a link. You can get started and make this the year when you finally leave this behind by getting the skills, not just trying to willpower through or you know muscle through or white knuckle it or whatever you want to call it. You and me and a group of guys, we're going to talk about this. We're going to get to a place where we're succeeding and we're no longer feeling ashamed of who we are, but we are the men that we want to be and the women that we want to be. All right? We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash work with me, and you can set up some time for you or your spouse to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.